This is Dear Analyst, episode number 43. Hope you all had a good weekend. I'm going to be doing things a little bit differently in this episode. I will be posting the audio for a presentation I gave a few weeks ago at Betaworks Studios. Betaworks Studios is a community of founders, funders, and entrepreneurs. They're based here in New York City. They have a co-working space for their members in Chelsea and New York City. And I think right now most of the members are working remotely, uh, but they put on a lot of great virtual events uh, every single week. And I was I had the opportunity to speak a few weeks ago about my passion for spreadsheets and building different tools and applications with uh, no-code platforms. And this is the audio from that presentation. The presentation was done in Zoom, so there was there were slides that I went through, and the slides, I actually did it in, in Coda, where I work, and I'll post those slides in the show notes as well, so if you want to follow along with all the diagrams and stuff with audio, you can hear, you can see the slides from the show notes. I mentioned this during the talk, but this was a presentation that I adapted from another talk I gave about a year ago at the no-code conference in uh, in California hosted by Webflow. So I'll just leave it at that, and here's the audio from that presentation. Uh, we've had a ton of our members asking about no-code, interested in getting involved, um, people who don't have you know engineering backgrounds who are looking to make something, build something. Um, so we're always looking for different offerings that are around that topic. And today we have Al Chen from Coda joining us who is an excellent uh, speaker on that topic. I've seen his past talks um, online and they are fantastic. So I'm really excited for this one. I'm really excited to hear what Al's going to uh, teach us today. So with that, I'm gonna kick it over to Al to take it away. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much. And Al, thank you again. Thanks, Kit. Hi, everyone. My name is Al. Thank you for showing up today. And uh, like Kit mentioned, I gave a version of this talk uh, late last year before the before COVID, um, Webflow, this no-code platform, had a conference called the No-Code Conference. It was their first one. And I spoke at the conference and I talked about my experience um, building tools and applications from spreadsheets. So I'm kind of approaching this not from like an angle of like, hey, I want to build a cool startup or I want to build the next, you know, Uber or Facebook. It's more about like my experience using spreadsheets and how it's evolved into uh, building tools, applications, um, both just internally for my team as a consultant when I was doing freelance consulting and now what I do um, at Coda. So I'm just going to go ahead and start sharing my screen and I'll walk you through some of the uh, basically my presentation. All right, so this is actually my first time trying to present from a Coda doc, which is, which is where I work, instead of Google Slides, and we'll see how it goes. So the title of my talk, Setting Up Workflows at Scale from Spreadsheets to Spreadsheets to Tools and Applications. And this is a, a fun GIF I like to show of like a, a workflow that does not scale very well. Um, and just a little bit about me before I begin, why should you why should you care about me and listen to me? I used to be a financial analyst at Google for five plus years um, out in Mountain View in California. I left Google and started doing my freelance consulting. This is when I was like basically helping people build Excel models, little tools in Excel, Google Sheets, um, all that fun stuff. And I got really 
deep into the uh, Excel and Google Sheets community, believe it or not. And that community is like super like niches and really tight knit. Um, but it's a really, really strong community. And I started teaching classes online actually about Excel. And I have over 25, 25,000 students that have taken my Excel classes on Skillshare. I started blogging about Excel and data analysis um, starting in 2012. I also have a podcast and a LinkedIn newsletter about Excel and data analysis that reaches over 5,000 analysts. Uh, the podcast is called Dear Analysts. So, um, if you haven't, if it hasn't been made apparent yet, I'm like the Excel guy, the spreadsheets guy, and I've always had a passion for uh, data analysis, crunching numbers, and um, just you know seeing how uh, how data can really change our lives um, internally at companies and also for building uh, your own your own company or your own startup. And uh, yeah, I saw a question about the podcast and newsletter. I think um, well, I'll, Kid will share this this. Um, these slides after this uh, presentation. So you'll have all the links to things I present in this, um, in this presentation. Okay. So I'm not, so this really, this, the next thing I'm going to ask worked really well um, in person. I want to see how well this works over zoom. So raise your virtual hand. If you use spreadsheets every day at work, I am not sure how this is going to work. You might have to like do the, I don't know. Can you do the upvote or raise hand thing on Zoom here? I'm not sure if you can. Can you see them raising their hand now? I see it. I do. Okay, great. They're doing uh, it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. People raising their hands. Awesome. So normally, you know, it's a bunch of people raise their hands. And then I then ask, okay, so of those you of those of you who have raised your hands, how many of you love using those spreadsheets that you have to use at work or for your startup or for freelance. So good. Uh, I think I s still see some, actually where do I see? Okay, yeah. So still see some hands being risen. So usually the, the fall off starts to go off a little off a cliff because it's one of those things where people have to use spreadsheets at work, but most of them hate using it because it doesn't work or it's hard to update. And there's just a bunch of, things that are wrong with spreadsheets when it comes to like building something for your team or for your company. So uh, let's now get into why Excel. So this, to, to start off, um, I kind of want to give you a glimpse of my past. And this is a, a, a picture I took, I think it was from 2013. And there is a, believe it or not, an international financial modeling competition called Model Off, where basically a bunch of Excel nerds, we get together and we compete to be like the best financial modeler basically in the world. And it's really a worldwide competition. And um, one of the like games is like, you know, you're given this like Excel like problem and you're on teams and you face off. And these are two teams that are like trying to complete the Excel problem as fast as possible. And this was my first time attending the event. And again, this was like, you know, like the, you know, the first rule of fight club is don't talk about fight club. When I got in, I was like, I can't believe this is actually happening. And then I talked to someone there. It was my first time there. And I was like, Hey, like, why did you come to this event? Like what brought you to this event? He wasn't competing or anything. He was just like one of the people in the background. And he told me this really touching story about how he was, you know, he's, he was an Excel consultant, just like me at the time. He was consulting with a client. 
and the client uh, worked for some big corporation or big company, and she worked in a customer service capacity. And she told him that I have this Excel file I have to update manually every day. It takes me like an hour or two, and I have to log all my customer uh, calls and support calls uh, in the spreadsheet, and I have to send it off to my manager, and then my manager sends it off to his manager, so on and so forth. And she was like, you know, this spreadsheet, like it's like, it's the bane of my existence. You know, I, I don't get, I don't get home in time for dinner to like cook dinner for my kids. And, you know, as I get, as my business grows, as our business grows, I have to update this spreadsheet more and more. And this guy talked to you, he was like, you know, just send me the file. I'll take a look at it. Maybe I can like help you out here and there. So he made some minor, you know, formula changes and some formatting things. And then a few weeks later, that customer service rep, you know, she called him up and was like, hey, like, you just saved me hours a day uh, of day from updating this spreadsheet. And I can now go home to my kids. I have more time with my family. And it was just like a very touching story. And as this gentleman was telling me this story, he started tearing up, like literally just crying. And I wasn't sure how to respond. I just met the guy. And I realized like, this is a tool that can really change people's lives um, for the better. And that kind of really brought me into the Excel community back in 2013 when I first attended the, uh, the model of competition. And so I think there's this kind of negative stigma about people that are in spreadsheets all day. You know, we're like accounting nerds and, you know, we just know like numbers and cells and stuff, but um, there's really a human connection that comes across when you are talking to people and businesses and you're trying to help them optimize their workflows and their models and their tools. So I'll tell that story just to kind of give some context around why I kind of gravitated toward Excel. Uh, okay, no questions yet. I'll just keep on going. Um, to further kind of hammer home the point on why people use Excel so much. So this is a, let me just kind of, maybe I can just uh, mix this, maximize. There's this uh, Slack group I'm in. It's like a bunch of like tech and engineering uh, people. And there was a question that popped up, popped up around like, hey, how many people here use Excel? And this, uh, this Slack thread, um, I, I wanted to save because it's really instructive. And this person right here, he says, you won't believe how many mission critical national security systems still run on Excel on someone's desktop or live on an ancient unpatched abandoned Solaris box under someone's desk. And it just goes to show like how prevalent Microsoft Excel is in our government, our businesses, you know, so on and so forth. So everyone that raised your hands in the beginning, like th there's just, so many people using Excel and it's not going to go away. Uh, why it's not a tool for um, accountants anymore. So when all of you think about Excel and Google Sheets, my, my hunch is that you think about Excel as something that looks like, like this. And this is typically what like, you know, an accountant or a financial modeler might see where you have, uh, a bunch of time periods along the top. You maybe are managing a PL and you have a bunch of metrics along the left-hand side. And then the main portion of the spreadsheet is really just like dollars and numbers over, over time. And this is really what Excel was meant to be used for back in 1970, whenever when Excel first came out. It was really for financial analysts and accountants to like 
balance books and uh, do all that kind of stuff. Um, but as Excel developed and the formulas are starting to get more advanced, um, people started building a lot of things in Excel that Excel was not meant to be used for. And for me, I realized with all the formulas that Google Sheets and Excel gives you, I could build tools, like actual tools and applications and apps, instead of like a really static model like this, because now I can use Excel and Google Sheets. Um, no, I can create Excel and Google Sheets that are used more than one time. So I can do, create something that like multiple people can use more than once. Um, it requires you to input data and like click on drop downs, and it really provides a similar functionality as like you know a simple app that you might download from the Apple Store or from the Google Play Store or whatever. And so that was a really powerful concept that I, I um, realized back in 2012 when I left Google is that I'm building things that are not static financial models that are meant to be like used at one point in time and never used again. So I'm going to walk, walk you through a few examples of simple Excel files and Google Sheets files that I've built that uh, kind of really mimic um, a real website or application. Okay, so the first one is planning a bachelorette party. So this is the Google Sheet. I'm just going to expand this really quick. The Google Sheet, um, I'm going to walk you through this, is this was uh, helping a friend. She wanted a better way to manage her, plan her bachelorette party. And along the left-hand side in column A is all the names of the people in her like bachelorette party. And then along the top, hands along the columns are like the dates. So this is essentially a way for her to figure out, Hey, what, what weekends, um, can, are you guys free to do this, to do this party? And people put yes, maybe no, depending on their schedules or checking the Google calendars, their outlook calendar, trying to see when they can do a stuff. And then there's like comments. And then down here in the rows 31 to 30, 33, this, these are simple, uh, count if formulas that basically tally like which weekend people are free to, uh, to go on a trip. So it's a pretty standard, I mean, not, I mean, depending on your definition of standard, but it's like kind of a spreadsheet that you would use just to like quickly plan a weekend trip and figure out when people are free. And my hunch is that many of you out there have used something like this to plan a trip, to plan a weekend getaway, um, and you just need something dirty that you can share with your friends and find out when people are free. And there's also like this pre-planning. She also had like a pre-bachelorette pre trip um, that she used here, which I help her set up, which is this little table down here. And so it was really just a matter of like structuring the data, putting these basic formulas at the very bottom of the spreadsheet to count up who, when people were free. And that's basically the whole spreadsheet. But if you, if you step back and break down what we just did here, we have a database. Many of you are probably working in tools that have a database or use Google Sheets as your database. You have a database of just data. In, our, in, in this case, it's like people and weekends are free and the database is really just yes, yes, no's and maybes. You have user input. So when, when you share this Google Sheet with your friend, you have all these yeses, nos, and maybes that the person has to physically type into their computer 
and put into the spreadsheet. And then finally, you have calculations and a display of the calculation. So this is for the um, for my friend. She could see what is the ultimate result of like all my friends collaborating on this Google Sheet. So you can, she can see that in these numbers um, down here. And so if you think back to like any any app you use, any tool you use, it really comes down to these three fundamental concepts: a database, user input and calculations or display. And this might, you can also count, uh, the terminology for this can also be like business logic for your application or your website. And as I'm gonna talk about no-code tools a little bit later in this presentation, but all no-code no code tools are kind of taking these three concepts and just like putting their own type of design and UI and UX around those three things. But at the end, of the end of the day, a spreadsheet has those same fundamental building blocks to create this type of like tool or application. Um, and so that's why for those of you who are startup founders or thinking about building a startup, I would highly recommend, um, and, and if you're well-versed in spreadsheets, I would recommend like starting to build your, your idea in a spreadsheet first because you already have all the fundamental building blocks in the spreadsheet to create a really down and dirty version of your, of your application, of your website, of your tool. So that's uh, the first example. The second example is splitting costs with your friends. So, you know, kind of a same kind of concept. You're, you, you're, you went on a trip with your friends and the problem here is this everyone is paying for stuff along the trip. And at the end of the trip, you don't know who owes what, you know, I paid for a gas. So let's say you paid for dinner, let's call it even, but then this person paid for the bridge tolls and that person paid for our Airbnb and it just becomes this like pain in the neck to like figure out who owes what at the end of the day. And I created this like super simple spreadsheet because I went on a similar trip and I was like, Hey guys, like you guys know, I'm like, I'm a numbers guy. I'll just figure out who owes what at the end of the trip and I'll figure that out. So we don't have to like play this game of like, and this is like pre Venmo too. So this is like, you know, we didn't have to split things yet back in the day like that. And so I created this Google sheet. I ended up publishing a blog post about this Google sheet and this blog post, I'm just going to show you really quick. Um, you can check this out on your own time too, where I talk about how I built this spreadsheet. This blog post, I published it, I think in 2014, it's still, like on my website, it still gets like 50% of traffic of to my website every single day. It's like insane. Like this is a constant problem that people are trying to do. And there's so many apps out there for splitting costs with friends, but this one really lets you customize it for your own purposes. And let's walk you, let's walk through what this, this um, spreadsheet does. It's, again, super simple. Instead of uh, along the left-hand side, along the columns, I have people. So these are the friends in my group that are in the trip. Along the left-hand side, I have the diff different costs uh, for, my, for my trip. And people basically, as they're going through the trip, they're just entering ones and zeros on who participated in that cost. So for instance, dinner second day cost $112. Who paid for it? Ben paid for it. And then who participated in that dinner? Jim, Alan, George, Lewis. So everyone participated in that dinner. But for car rental, the total cost is $42. Jim paid for it, but only Jim, 
Lewis and Alan were like in the car. So only they have to pay for the car rental. And so at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, similar to that bachelorette party planning spreadsheet, I, as like the central person managing that spreadsheet, I can see who paid what uh, at the end of the day and who owes what at the end of the day. And so then I became like the bank. Like they would basically, if you owed money, you paid me. And then if you were owed money, I paid you back. So I was kind of like the Venmo before Venmo kind of started basically. And that's all the spreadsheet does. It just tells you who owes what. Again, let's step back for a little bit and look at what the spreadsheet consists of. You have a database. This, this database is basically consisting of costs, the, the cost, the name of the cost, and then a bunch of ones and zeros indicating who participated in that cost. And it's really kind of like, you know, honor system at this point, it's up to you to make sure that you put in who actually like ate the food or was in your Airbnb and what have you. Same thing with the bachelorette party, bachelorette party planning, the ones and zeros are all user input. So my friends are putting these ones and zeros into the spreadsheet. And then the calculation display, this is really for me, well, also for my friends too, but they can basically see like how much they're, they owe or how much they're owed at the end of the trip. So we have the same pattern of database, user input, and, um, and calculations and display for the like manager of this spreadsheet. If you just Google online for splitting costs app or splitting costs website, you'll find 20 different apps that do the exact same thing, but at behind, behind those apps is something similar to what I described, which is a database where people enter stuff, user input and calculations displayed to show what is owed or owed to certain people. Uh, does that make sense? Cool. Can't really get feedback from people, so I'm just gonna keep on going. All right, so the next uh, example is a little more advanced. And this is where, uh, this is where we start to straddle the line of like, oh, this is like an actual, like something I could like charge people for. And this is something I built that I actually charged someone for, but it was completely built in Excel. And it really made me rethink like what it means to build a tool that can scale beyond like a one-time use. So I had the opportunity to, when I was working as a freelance consultant, I had the opportunity to work um, for one of my clients was this kind of like addiction recovery center in Texas. And this recovery center, you know, they, they would take in patients, uh, they would assign them to beds and stuff like that and monitor their progress and basically help them on their path to recovery from their addiction. And uh, my client came to me and said, hey, I, 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 have, I need like a better CRM system for, in, for patient intake. So when I, I, I get a new kind of customer or a new patient, I have to figure out whether or not to accept them or reject them into the recovery center. And so what I did was, I, this is actually built in Excel, not Google Sheets. The first page, first tab rather, of the, of, the, of the Excel file is really kind of like a summary of how to use this tool. And the reason why I built this was because my, the client, he would be passing this down to like this head of operations. If the head of operations leaves and someone else has to like take over the spreadsheet. And so I gave them really detailed instructions on like, hey, this is how the Excel file works, how you use it, 
and like a table of contents. So pretty basic kind of like instructions on how to use this Excel file. And if I scroll down here a little bit, this is kind of walking through what this spreadsheet actually does. So the, the new patient, they would actually input the new patient's information, what house they belong to, whether or not they're accepting or rejecting the person and some other information about that patient. And I think, I believe this is all coming from like their online form or they're collecting uh, patient data. So the real magic is, is this button right here. So if any of you have ever used macros or VBA in Excel, for those of you who are former financial analysts and have used Excel before um, a lot, um, this button right here, I made it look kind of like a button that you might see like on an app or website. And what it does is when you click on that submit button, it moves the names from that initial patient intake spreadsheet and it moves like the accepted patients into like the different houses. So if you were accepted into bronze house, you would go, the spreadsheet would automatically put that patient into the bronze tab. If you're in the silver house, you go automatically go into the silver tab, um, so on and so forth. And so it kind of automates the copy and pasting that you would normally do if you just got this huge list of patients and they're all going to different houses. You have to copy and paste and put them into different spreadsheets this submit button, all it does is just like automate that process to just remove, again, the repetitive nature of that work. But behind the scenes, this is, so I mean, I know we're, this is, I, I know I wanted to get into like a little, a little bit of no code, but I don't necessarily consider this, this code here. This is a VBA, Visual Basic. Um, it actually came out like in 1993 and it's still used a ton today in like really important spreadsheets, you know, around different businesses. And I started to see the ability of like spreadsheets, applications, and like the user interface all merging together in my Excel files because VBA allowed me to automate a lot of these workflows and automations um, between different spreadsheets and even between different Excel files. And this is when I, I started transitioning in terms of my consulting practice into using no code platforms and no code tools to build solutions for my, my clients. And this kind of, uh, I kind of translated my business from building just Excel files to also building websites. So I was using WordPress a lot, um, working in WordPress plugins helping people like build websites that did like a specific niche workflow that they needed. Um, but be at the end of the day, I was still looking at a database user input and calculations to make sure the website worked the way that my clients wanted. Uh, so that's kind of um, how I kind of transitioned into building tools that I could actually sell to people and sell not only my, my tool, but also like my expertise and like maintaining the tool and consulting and all that, kind of, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, so the, uh, kind of like as I saw the evolution of my Excel files, Google Sheets, I started looking more into automation and workflows. And so to really scale a lot of my, my tools and businesses um, and websites, I looked into like how I can further automate things beyond VBA. Because VBA, again, is a kind of a stodgy thing. If you're not using Excel a lot, then VBA might not be the solution for, for you. And I actually recently did a webinar 
um, with this uh, woman who's the VP of operations at Decoded, uh, Ariana Cafone. And she had this quote, which was, you should only have to do something once. And if you're not, the quote ends with, uh, there's probably a technical solution that can solve that problem. So I really started taking that to heart and thinking about like, if I see one of my clients or see something that's being done more than once, then I automatically think of like, okay, there probably is an automation workflow that can solve that, that, that problem. And so here are some of the, the tools that I started looking into and using um, for my freelance consultant, for my freelance pra consulting practice, and also from like just building random websites and tools for, for, for clients. So if this and that is probably the first one I took a look, that, took a look at. Um, it's kind of a simple thing of like, if this happens, then that happens. So if like I get uh, an email with like this subject line, then send it to this person. You know, and you can kind of do this in Gmail already, but like just, you know, for the sake of example, that's what this, if this and that does. Um, I'm sure many of you out there have probably used Zapier for automating your workflows where you can simply sit in it. You know, Zapier connects like hundreds of different tools together where if you get like uh, a new sales contact in your Salesforce instance, it can go into your Google sheet and that goes into your Trello board and that goes into like your GitHub. And so, this is like a pretty common tool now for removing the necessity to code how all these different APIs talk together. And um, it, it's super cheap as well, I think, if you're kind of not doing that many automations every month. Integromat is also one that I come across a lot um, for more specific applications. And it's a little more... I think not as user-friendly to use, but um, it definitely handles similar use cases as Zapier, but they have more kind of like super niche applications that you that Zapier may not cover. Um, and if they don't, you can also like kind of code up your own type of like automated workflow between your different tools and applications. And then finally, I know like this is, I know we talked about, I know Kit talked about how this is like kind of a no-code thing, but um, I'm not a programmer. I studied marketing in college and I kind of just fell into VBA and programming VBA scripts and Excel just by necessity of my job back then. And I started looking into, um, for some of my clients who are, who are using Google Sheets, Google Drive, Google Docs, Google Maps, whatever. Google Apps Script is actually this free tool that I still use today to connect different tools together with specifically when the, within the G suite system, it does require a bit of coding coding, but um, a lot of the automation and workflow stuff is also very drag and drop and happy to, if you have specific Google app script questions, happy to answer them offline, just ping me afterwards. Um, I'm like super, well shout to like the, the top of the rooftops about how much I love Google app script because number one, it's free. Number two, the limits, like, so for Zapier, for Zapier and Integromat, like, while well, I said that if you're, I think it's like if you're below like 100 automations a month or something, it's free. But then after that, it's like you have to pay like $10, $20 a month, whatever. Google Apps Script is like, you can do like hundreds of thousands of like automations a month and it's still free. And so you can like seriously build real applications on top of Google Apps Script. And I know people who have built like serious applications and tools off of Google Apps Script and sold them to clients or sell them to like users out in like just in the world. Because think about like 
I mean, just think about like any use case where like, let's say you want to like automate when someone, you know, uh, searches for something on Google Maps and you want to quickly add that to your Google Calendar, Google Apps Script can automatically make that happen because there's no default like integration right now between Google Maps and Google Calendar, just making it up. Um, so super big proponent of Google Apps Script. If you have any questions about it, just like hit me up afterwards. Uh, so that that's going to be kind of like my um, overview of automation workflows. And now let me just get a little bit into the no-code landscape, which I'm sure many of you are super interested in. Um, I'm going to do like a high touch on this map because there's so many of these like landscape, LumaScape maps around no-code platforms. And the as with many different platforms, I think for all of you out there who are trying to build something, um, it's all about knowing the right tool for the right job, the right tool for the right use case. I think a lot of people get stuck in like, oh, do I need to use MailChimp here, and then like Card here, then Glide here, and then like, and long story short, no tool is really going to solve all of your problems, especially if you're trying to build something that's like really, you know, unique and revolutionary. Um, my thing is just try to understand what specific niche or business problem you're trying to solve, and then focus and then find that and then find the use case on this map and then pick a tool there that you want to use, pick a tool from that quadrant and use that to build out your thing. So as an example, a lot of people out there, you just want to build a simple landing page, a simple website. For me, I still default to WordPress because I come from a world of like building WordPress sites. So I, I know it's not, the, it's not the best no code solution to be honest, but it's something I'm used to. If you want to build a basic landing page, just check out this little quadrant right here. This little landing page, oh, this is already zoomed in. This little landing page quadrant, card, Instapage, um, MailChimp even, you can build a simple landing page with, with any of these tools and that's it. That's all those tools do. But if you want to do something a little more visual where you want to have more control over like the pixels and the colors and like the, the, the boxes and the divs, then you're going to go into something like the general visual site builders and you're going to use like, actually, I haven't really used any of these tools except Webflow, but Webflow, actually Webflow is in the front end with e-commerce. Um, but like these tools will allow you to customize a lot more of those, those kind of uh, colors and uh, look and feel of your website. Uh, the area where I play in, in terms of like my company is probably more like cloud spreadsheet or business applications where you have a lot of internal processes or really complicated business logic that you need to model into some tool where you need formulas and automations and workflows. That's where you look into some, something like one of these, um, these applications. So that's really my high level takeaway on these tools. It's just like find the use case you need and pick one from that bucket. And guess what? If you need to have a business application plus a landing page, plus a scraper, chances are Zapier, Integromat, or Google Apps Script can connect all those things together if those tools don't already have native integrations already. And so Zapier, and I mean, this, this bottom thing right here is basically what I'm trying to say is all these different tools are the connectors, the glue between, I think, all the different applications you'll see in this big landscape um, thing up here. So that's really kind of the main thing I want to talk about in terms of like the big like landscape of no code tools 
out there and there's always new ones coming out. Um, and my argument is that Excel, Google Sheets is still the first no-code tool, uh, one of the first no-code tools out there that came out in the late 70s. Um, but, but people just don't see it as a no-code tool because it's seen as like this tool that I use to like store financial data or store my like, you know, profit and loss statement. Um, but there's so much you can do with uh, Excel and Google Sheets. And actually I might recommend, um, I'm just gonna do a shout out for the, uh, the, the, visual, the visual dev podcast. So this is, uh, this podcast, um, really love it. It's about no code tools and applications. It's called uh, visualdev.fm. One of I think one of the recent episodes, um, the the one of the hosts who's uh, who works at Webflow, he talks about how if you understand Excel formulas, if you understand Google Sheets formulas, you will have no problem using any no code platform, like in this like landscape right here, because knowing how you can tie data together and tie calculations together is really how these no-code platforms simplify a lot of processes for you. And so um, I'm not saying you have to be an Excel guru, but if you have Excel or Google Sheets experience and you're, and you're used to structuring data in an Excel file, you will have no problem picking up any of these no-code platforms because of all the training you've had already in Excel and in Google Sheets. So some key takeaways before I end the webinar and take some questions is, um, you probably already know this about no-code tools, is just pro prototype something before you build. Again, my thinking is prototype it in a spreadsheet if you can, because a spreadsheet is really just a database. At the end of the day, it's cells and columns and stuff. Um, prototype in, in, a, in one of these no-code tools first and really invest in that platform and to learn about how that platform works to build your startup, your website, your inter internal team tool before you invest like 50 grand in like an offshore, you know, web development agency to like build a website for you. Just use, just invest in that platform and make sure it works and you're solving a customer problem with a no code application before like just spending all that money on some other, you know, custom bespoke software. Again, you don't have to be a spreadsheet guru. I think it definitely helps a ton. But um, if you want to get a, head, a leg up, just um, start trying to figure out, just start take, taking some basic Excel classes, take one of my Excel classes, uh, and just like learn some basic Excel formulas. And before you know it, you'll, be start, you'll start learning how you can build tools in, uh, in spreadsheets, in, build tools in spreadsheets, and then hopefully that will translate into other tools and applications that you, other no-code tools and applications. And the, the, the last thing is if, if any of the examples I show, if any of the examples I've shown, from all the examples I've shown, the one through line is that you'll be surprised how long your duct tape solution will last with your customers, with your clients, with your end users. Like I had no idea, like my, that's that stupid bachelorette spreadsheet planning spreadsheet thing like has been duplicated like numerous times um, within from my, my friend who shared it with her friends and whatever. I'm not making any money from that. Obviously I just did it for my friend, but I'm surprised at how long that that spreadsheet is still circulating through like her friends and stuff. Um, same thing with that splitting costs spreadsheet. Like, like that's that 
web, that, that website on my page still gets like hundreds of views a day of people wanting to like make a copy of that spreadsheet for free to like split cost of their friends. I'm not getting, you know, making any money from it, but maybe I could turn it into some kind of business thing down the line. I don't know, whatever. Um, but anyways, like you'll be surprised at how long your solutions will actually last before you actually have to like pay for a custom website or application um, uh, for your company. And uh, be a maker. So this is, um, I think this is kind of really the spirit of what no-code tools are, in my opinion, is that anyone has the ability to build a website or application um, without needing a developer or software engineer to help you build something. And I, I think spreadsheets, no-code tools, really should challenge your beliefs about what it means to build like an application or tool for your, for your internal team. Like if you're just trying to build something for as a better way to track um, tasks for your team, building something in Google Sheets, building something in, in Coda, Airtable, I saw a question about comparing the two. Those are, you should really challenge your beliefs and thinking of like, I don't have to use Trello or I don't have to use uh, um, Asana. I don't have to use like uh, any other task management system that my, that I have to pay a license for. What if I can build it myself? And again, you'll be surprised at how long your duct tape solution will last until you need something perhaps more custom or opinionated that's meant for a, a specific use case. The tech behind no-code platforms is not revolutionary at all. I just, again, everything comes down to, in my opinion, database, user input, and calculations, business logic, and the displaying of that information to your end users. So we're not, many of these local platforms are just kind of building off of the giants of uh, spreadsheets, in my opinion, to make it easier for anyone out there to build tools and applications. And uh, last but not least, the community is always going to be greater than the platform. This is the same thing I talked about in my talk last year at the no-code conference is many of these no-code platforms, um, including Google Sheets itself and Excel have really strong communities behind them. And that's where you share ideas. You share um, how you're stretching the platform beyond what it was meant to be used for. You're sharing best practices and um, whatever tool you invest in, get involved in the community and ask questions and you'll, you'll be more than uh, you'll be surprised at how quickly people will respond to your to your answers to um, to to build what you're looking for, and so I think if you're looking for a no code solution or no code platform to like latch onto, I would take a look at the community forums, um, you know, Reddit, Facebook, whatever, and just take a look and see how how much people are interacting in the community, so that you know that you're you're getting into something that has a lot of uh, community support behind it. And um, that, I think that is, that's it. Yeah, just thank you. Thank you so much for listening to me uh, blabber on about no-code tools and platforms. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. My, uh, that's my Twitter handle. And also uh, my company is Coda, Coda.io. Happy to answer questions about that as well. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Al, very yeah. much. Um, one thing I wanted to know, I, somebody commented on a question that we answered previously with a new question. So I just wanted to give you that question before we stop. Um, Shaheen asked, how do we preserve data with data security with Google Sheets? Do you have any insight on that? The data security? Well, uh, 
I mean, aside from just making copies of the spreadsheet, like that's probably the number one thing I would think about. Um, but to be, I mean, to be completely frank, like Google Sheets, so getting, this is outside of no-code platforms now, Google Sheets is not meant to be data, not meant to be a strict database from the typical definitions we think about in terms of a database. Like a real database is like, it's like ACID compliant. Um, there's specific access requirements and it's really hard to change data in a database as well. And so I think if you really need to make it secure, then you would have to um, send the data into like a real like MySQL database that's more secure um, on like AWS or Microsoft Azure. Um, actually, like Google has their own like cloud database. I think it's um, uh, Google. What is it called? Not Bigtable. Um, Big BigQuery. Yeah, so BigQuery. You can like store your data. You can actually. I think Google Sheets has a uh, automatic connector from Google Sheets into Google's BigQuery product. And Google's BigQuery product is like much more secure than than Google Sheets if you need to like back up your data and have it in a secure place that no one can access. I think that's a great answer. <laughs> and cool. then a fun question to end on. The anonymous attendee that submitted, what is the most unlikely use of a spreadsheet that you have ever seen? Oh, man. Um, let me actually, I'll, I'll just cut quickly. I have this thing open. I'm going to copy and paste this into my, my presentation really quick. Great. Uh, this is, I mean, this is actually kind of thinking along the same lines of like, it's not, you know, this is not what spreadsheets were made to be used for, mm -hmm. but, uh, let me just, can I copy this? Yes. Copy paste. All right. So this is a spreadsheet <laughs> and there's a, uh, there's a Japanese, uh, 77 year old Japanese man by the name of Tatsuo Horiuchi who calls himself an Excel artist. And he creates these really amazing paintings in Excel. And uh, this is actually, this is the final product actually. I'm gonna copy this too into the, into the doc. Um, this is the final product. And this is all made in Excel. Wow. Of just like coloring, coloring cells and like drawing vectors and all that crazy stuff. And he sells these to the public. Um, he, I mean, he's obviously retired and whatever. And I think the story behind this was, um, he, he wanted to like teach people how to paint, but he didn't want people to have to spend like a lot of money on the painting supplies. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, how can I, or he himself didn't want to spend that money, that much money on the painting supplies too. And he was like, how can I create these really beautiful paintings without like buying all this paint and canvases and stuff. And so he was like, I use Excel in a previous life. Why don't I just try painting in Excel? And that's what he did. And that's, uh, wow. this is probably the most unique uh, example of how you can use a spreadsheet I've seen. And it's, again, this is not what Excel is meant to be used for, obviously, uh, but these tools can be stretched in many different ways that um, only goes to the limits of your imagination. That is definitely, I'm mind blown. <laughs> I did not expect yeah. that to be the most unique use case, but that is incredible. That's really, yeah. really cool. Um, do you mind when you dropping the name of that artist in the slides, just so that everybody has it when we share the slides? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'm just going to copy this into, uh, let me just copy this right now before I forget. Perfect. So. Uh, I'm sure everybody is going to want to look into this, so. Tatsuo Horiuchi. Excel artist. Awesome. Super cool. 
Well, then, you know, there's a lot we could, I was about to say beforehand, Al, that you, your passion for Excel made me really excited about Excel. And I was like, oh God, I just want to open a spreadsheet and, and start jamming away. Yeah. And, yeah. Start doing stuff. and now I'm like, well, I could be making beautiful artworks. <laughs> well, I don't know if you would spend your, I should spend your time making art pieces like this, but um, if you're really bored, this is one way to spend time. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of downtime during quarantine. Maybe I'll take up a new hobby. That's true. That's true. Awesome. Oh, sorry. We have one more question for you, Alan, then I will let you go. Okay. If you were to focus on learning three key functions in Excel, what would they be? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how well-versed this person is in Excel or Google Sheets, but um, the three most, I guess, maybe, maybe I'll throw this out to the audience. What do people think are the three most used Excel functions like across all Excel usage, like ever? And Kit, feel free to chime in too if you want. I think pivot tables. <laughs> okay, so uh, Shaheen saying index match. Michael is saying he look up. Kit says pivot tables. And import range. Interesting. Hmm. Any other ideas? Anybody else? All right, so the three top most and the three I recommend learning are sum, average, and we look up, which uh, Michael ah. recommended. Good job, so, Michael. Yeah. So if you have those three down, I would, you, you're uh, in a pretty good shape. And, but the, I mean, learning how they work is one thing, but learning how they work in real life data is a whole different, different thing. So um, if you really want to learn how to use these, like it's a matter of like getting a bunch of spreadsheets and like trying to like summarize them with some averages, if you look up. Um, and I think that will get, get you a long way in terms of understanding how to really be proficient in, in Excel. Awesome. That's great. Um, Al, this was really great. I, I feel like there's a ton of takeaways from this that are really applicable to a wide variety of people's use cases. So this was fantastic. Um, Al's contact info is right here on the screen. But as we said before, we will also send along the recording of this event, Al, all of Al's slides. So you can click all those links, reach out to Al, um, just tweet him at BigAl123. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. I'm happy to answer any last minute questions. Um, but thank you again for spending 45 minutes of your time learning about um, my, my passion for spreadsheets and uh, building with like no code applications. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Al. This was awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.